0: Church. We meet every Sunday morning at 10.30 in the Delancey Elam Church building at Le Bank St. Samson in the Channel Islands of Guernsey. To contact us or find out more information about us, please visit our website at DelanceyElin.co.uk.
1: or heard and we long for the day yeah. uh, when you return Thank you Jesus we long to be with you yes we need you how we need you mm. thank you Lord just just take over this service yes. if you haven't done so already uh, and I know you have Jesus. Just, just take over touch heart change lives and please I pray thank you it's so real thank you thank you Jesus Yes, Lord God, we, we just thank you that you are beautiful and we do stand in awe of you today. God, we thank you. Sometimes words fail us, but we do thank you, Lord. And God, I thank you today for the offerings that have been given. Lord, I thank you that we can give to you as a sign of worship, as a sign of our thankful hearts. A sign of our obedience to you, Lord. We give to you our finances. And Lord, I pray, God, that they would be used for your glory. To bring people to know you more, to love you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Okay, well, um, I'm just going to introduce a little bit about Haiti and then I'm going to hand over to Debbie and then I'm going to share my little bit as well. I cunningly put Debbie before me just in case she says anything about me that's a bit sneaky. I can get back. Um, so <laughs> that was the plan. I just thought I'd show you. Um, I'm sure you look in an intelligent lot, okay? Don't worry. I'm not trying to insult your intelligence. But just in case you were unsure where Haiti was, because I didn't really know before I went, um, it's there, okay? Uh, it, it's next to the Dominican Republic, um, and um, it's just there where that little arrow is, in North America down there. Okay, so that's where we went to. Um, and um, let me just click on next one yeah um, the reason why we went to Haiti well it wasn't that me and Debbie had a burning desire necessarily to visit Haiti it wasn't like we were looking at holiday brochures thinking hmm where should we go for our holidays oh let's go to Haiti that would be good um basically we both wanted to do something in missions. We both wanted to go and do something for God somewhere in the world. And so I got in contact with Elam International Missions Headquarters and basically said, is there any opportunities for us to go anywhere um, to do some work? And um, they suggested Haiti. Now they suggested this two years ago, just really after the earthquake happened more recently, because they sent Becky and they sent a woman called Jackie out there to do some work. And so they said, it's just a new project. It's up and running. Why don't you go there? You'd be the first people to go and visit Haiti for Elam. And so we said, Yeah, that sounds great. Now what happened was as many of you know, we didn't go last year because the project that Becky and Jackie were working with fell through. And we would have gone there and had really nothing to do. And it's an awful long way to go to just sit inside. So we decided to hold off. They told us, can you postpone till the following year? And we said, Yeah, that's fine, we'd rather do that. So that's why we ended up going this year instead. And rather than it being Becky and Jackie, who you guys are probably familiar with, it's just Becky now because Jackie left just before we got there. I think <laughs> I don't think it's got anything to do with us, hopefully not. <laughs> Word got out that we were coming. Um, but she's gone on to do different things, and so it's just Becky in there now. And Becky's actually working with a charity called Foursquare. Uh, you might have heard of Foursquare, but they've got a charity um, out there, like a compound, a base. They're doing lots of work, and there's lots of Americans out there working with them. And so Becky's kind of slotted into that, Project. And so when we went over there, we stayed with Becky, but we stayed in this compound, we stayed where the Foursquare charity was in Haiti. So that's kind of just a little bit of history of how we ended up in Haiti. It was more like, here's an opportunity, and we said, yeah, let's go. We've never been, sounds exciting. Um, And so we went for it. So I'm going to hand over to Deb now. And um, over to you. Well, morning.
0: I have been dreading this, so just please bear with me.
1: Um, Well,
0: As I'm not an actual speaker, I'll just read from my notes. I hope you don't mind, okay? I loved my time in Haiti. The two weeks was not long enough. And I'm definitely going back next summer. Okay, so here are some of the highlights of my trip. Um, As you know, Becky, she's um, heading the women's ministry out there. And she oversees the literacy lessons twice a week in the tent city. So we uh, went along. It's our first morning, actually, in Haiti. And we sat alongside the women reading from the New Testament in Creole. So you can imagine that was very challenging, as we didn't know a word of the language. Okay, so next slide. Okay, the women also brought their children along, so we actually enjoyed their time with them. And Alyssa, the young lady at the bottom, she is out there for three months, but had to go home for the hurricane. She was evacuated out a couple of weeks ago. So we're not quite sure where she is now. Um, Okay. We ended up doing lots of different things through Foursquare. We joined onto to all the different projects. Um, bead making was one of them. Um, the girls from an all-girls orphanage, the 16 to 22-year-olds, came along and yeah, we teach them the skills so when they leave the orphanage, they can make a living. Basically, the beads are made out of an old piece of cardboard, cereal box. We've shown how to measure it out. And uh, it's all ro- rolled around a cocktail stick and then glued. I've got some beads, so if people want to have a look, you can hand them around. But um, women in Foursquare are paid by the hour to make the beads, and then all the money comes back into Foursquare so they can pay and feed the orphanage well, pay to feed the orphans and other, other things as well. So, Nicole and I had a go, and these are our beads that we made. Obviously, you need a bit more practice, but uh, <laughs> we'll get in there yours are good <laughs> mine were all out of shape but uh, yeah so it's a good fun activity but to make a living from you could imagine you know an awful situation we also um, did some sewing with the girls they did a very good job I'm to say our attempts weren't so good but and the crochet as well they're amazing at the crochet skills as well but yeah again good fun but yeah, as you're aware, um, we did the cake sale before we left. The children did a great job, and Sally and I went shopping for all the toys. Yeah, so it was good. And so giving out toys at this orphanage was lovely. It was the poorest of the orphanages. It was in the roughest area of um, Port-au-Prince, and the poverty here was awful. And so there was very little of anything. Um, at this orphanage, there were 12 girls. And when we were giving out the gifts, some of the neighbourhood children were there, so we obviously shared them out with them too. Uh, this is another orphanage we went to, torsal It was lovely. There was water, there was electricity, and there was paint on the walls, so there was actually hope. You know, there's actually a lot going on that was helping. And again, the frisbees and the tennis balls were a hit with the children. They didn't need much ball. That was, to them, everything. We spent a day in the mountains. It was a very eventful day. There was lots going on. And um, Nicole and I gave out paper and crayons to the children. Again, very simple, very basic, but they really loved and enjoyed drawing the pictures. We also taught them how to play a game of pairs, you know, simple. But uh, it sort of went down well until we gave the pack out, and they all wanted to take a cart home each, so the game didn't last very long. (laughs) Our efforts weren't uh, so good. Um, I took a load of storybooks from home, all the traditional tales that the children love at school. Um, Hand Surprise and Monkey Puzzle were particular favourites. I think it's a cultural thing that they could recognise. Um, I didn't leave them at the orphanage as they'd been torn apart. The children like to own something, so the books would have been completely destroyed. So I left them with Becky for the four-square school when it reopens. As there's no teacher out there, they're still waiting for somebody to come in. Uh, yeah. We got rather uh, sticky, rather hot. Two changes of clothes a day. Um, it was the humidity, it was just 37 degrees every day. So uh, yeah, we needed to wash our clothes and then hang them out between banana trees to dry, so it was actually quite, quite good as well. This is my last slide, I just like the picture. One of the guys from the Beaverton team took it and yeah, I just thought it just shows a bit more of the culture and, and everything. But anyway, that was it for me. Okay?
1: <laughs> Thanks, Debbie. It's great. Just proof there, mother and father, of my washing abilities. <laughs> I can hand wash. Um, yeah, well, you've got a little bit of a flavor there, a bit of a taste from um, what Debbie's just... Uh, shared with you. She didn't share anything horrible, which is good. She could have had some stories on me on that one, but she's been very sweet. Um, Debbie was like my little um, like insect killer person for me. She like was able to catch the cockroaches and stuff when I was screaming and being a girl. Um, so that was really really good. Okay, um, I just thought in as I was presenting um, what I could really share with you and. I guess for me, the experience of Haiti was that um, there's a lot of things you learn when you have new experiences, isn't there? And so I've kind of put it down into seven different lessons that I learned whilst I was out in Haiti. And um, I hope that as I go through these lessons as well, they can really just kind of like apply to us all in all our different kind of life situations. So this first lesson um, that I learned was this one, that pride comes before a fall. Now, you probably think, well, that's a a standard lesson. Yes, I have learned that before, but I was reminded again that pride comes before a fall. As you can see there, these are some of the um, creatures that met us as we were out there in Haiti. I'm the type of person that screams when a little um, house spider runs across the floor. So to be met with those sort of spiders um, and cockroaches was quite a um, scary experience for me. And uh, I might have mentioned this, I think, when I came back straight away, but before heading to Haiti, I was pretty blasé about the whole experience. I was kind of like, yeah, yeah, it's going to be fine. I was right up for it, right excited, thought I was pretty tough, didn't think much would faze me as I went out there. And then soon began to realise um, that, well, yeah, pride comes before a fall because I went out there and some of these things became my struggles for the couple of weeks that I was there. Um, I, well I'll, What I'll do is I'm going to read you a little extract from my journal. When me and Debbie went, went out, we decided to journal every day. And um, I think that's such a great experience because uh, just reading back over them last evening, I was just like, it just made me smile about the experience. So I'm going to read you a few extracts from my journal. Here goes, okay. Um, Day two. We got off the plane in Port-au-Prince and it was like walking into a furnace. The heat is unbearable. I now have sympathy for the poor common crab. I got to the four square base where we were staying, it's pretty basic, not exactly what your average location, location, location person would be looking for. I'm in a dorm with 11 other people, I've got a top bunk and the added luxury of a mosquito net and a mattress the thickness of a rivita. things are really looking up here. I'm struggling with the old communication. My French only really stretches to, I live in Guernsey, I have a pet, and I would like a lemonade. It doesn't get one far when trying to tell folk you're about to pass out with heat exhaustion. It's 4.23pm, it's cooled slightly. I'm looking out over Port-au-Prince and thinking, what on earth am I doing here? It's been a tough day, I can't lie, most of the day I've wanted to go home. Day three lying under the mozzie net last night was quite an experience I lay there thinking any moment I was going to be attacked by whatever was making the shuffling noise just next to me by lunchtime seriously I thought I was going to pass out if I could scream I'm a Guernsey girl get me out of here I would however because us Guernsey girls are made of tougher stuff and plus the fact I don't have any option anyway I'm not going to say it Day four, awoke 4am, really needed the loo, but dare not move, trying to master the ladder and the mozzie net in the dark, and the fear of the unknown creature put me right off. I discovered a cane spider in the toilet block today. I'm not sure who was most scared, the spider or me. Honestly, I think it was Spider-Man's psychic. It moved with such grace and speed. And to make matters worse, this evening, a cockroach decided to accompany me in the shower. It fell from the ceiling onto me. Cockroaches are really the worst of the worst. It's as if they sit there, waving at you, just waiting to scare you into a frenzy. I miss my shower, my nice tiles, the doors. I miss my cups of tea. I'm surviving on one cup of tea a day. One. That's just ridiculous. Day 5, I didn't sleep. I was too afraid of cockroaches. That's it. Tonight I'm taking drugs to knock me out. I need to sleep. (laughs) Okay, you can get a little bit of a feel as to what I was feeling like in my journal on the first few days of being in Haiti. Um, it did get progressively better, I'd like to add. But it was just those things, those struggles. And you know what? Um, I, I'm ashamed to say it wasn't the struggle that there was lots of poverty or lots of inequality. It was the struggle that I didn't have my comforts around me. And I felt pretty bad for that, but I just couldn't get over it. I really struggled with just that whole settling into a different culture. And the heat it was just intense. And, and I'm not great in the heat, but that was just intense. And it really was a struggle for me. Um, but I got over that. And um, you know what? In, the, in that time of difficulty, in that time of struggle, uh, it's amazing, really, how strong you can be and where your strength can come from within. But also, just amazing how much God can strengthen you in those times, isn't it? That although we might be afraid, although we might be struggling, although we're facing difficulty, you know, I'm an eight cup of tea a girl, uh, you know, person, eight cup of tea a day person. Um, to go to one cup of tea a day from eight. It was just a nightmare. Um, so, But God, you know, really strengthened me in the time, and, and, and I had to rely on him. And, and, you know, when you're in those times of, of need, you do, you, you find that God is everything that you need, which is really good. So I learned that pride comes before fall, um, and, uh, yeah, my second lesson is this, okay, get over yourself. Okay, um, I don't know if you're like me, how many times do we find ourselves sometimes just having a whinge or having a moan um, about the tiniest little things, okay, some pictures on here of, of Haiti uh, as we travelled about, uh, it's not glorious, it's not Guernsey, um, you know, it's pretty dusty, and it's still uh, massive. tense cities are out there. The earthquake has still had its massive devastation, and it's still like this in Port-au-Prince. It's a bit different further out, but where we were staying was like this. And I'm going to, again, just read you a little extract from my journal, okay? Okay. Um, And here goes, we drove around the city today in a clapped-out old van. Well, actually, it was more like a sauna on wheels that paints a better picture. And you know what I was thinking as we travelled? I can't do this anymore. I can't bear this heat. I can't cope with feeling this uncomfortable. When we suddenly passed 20,000 tented homes. And I heard a voice from heaven at that moment say something rather profound to me. Shut up, Nicole. At that point, I realised there are times when you just have to get perspective. It took a village of 20,000 tents and a reassuring voice from heaven to give me that. But sometimes we have to get over ourselves. So the heat is a little uncomfortable. Okay, well, a lot. But am I really going to allow myself to moan about that when out of my window lies a world of poverty and hopelessness? Get a grip, girl. That was one of my journals. You know, just travelling around, feeling sorry for myself about my situation, looking out and thinking, you know what, get some perspective, girl, on this situation. And you know, before I went to Haiti, I fully expected to be emotional. I fully expected to get upset when I was there. And oddly, although at times I did feel like that, I did have have that sense of compassion, that sense of feeling upset for the people that we were working with, uh, the more intense feeling I had was anger. I felt really angry. I felt really angry at the injustice that I saw. And I felt really, um, you know, just how unfair it was about the inequality, about these people, you know... Going to the tent city, seeing families there and children being born in that environment and thinking, you know what, they're going to live and they're going to die in that place and there is no opportunity for them. You know, over here I have every opportunity available to me. Everything that is on offer is offered to me and they won't. And I just, I really had this stirring in my spirit of, of just this intense, how unfair is this? That where you're born can determine so much about your life. And... Um, so although I did feel was uh, emotional and upset, I think that was um, the greatest feeling I had. And I was constantly reminded just to get over myself, to get over my own little gripes, concerns and moans and complaints. Um, and get a bigger picture on things, get a bigger picture on life. And I was also just keenly also aware of that verse, you know, to whom much is given, uh, much is required, much is expected. And I'm in that category of to whom much has been given. um, Much has been given to me. I have been given so much and much is required. And I guess that great sense of responsibility on my life was ever present in my mind as I went around um, Haiti. So I, I tried to get over myself and my own little concerns in life. Next lesson I learned was this. Keep on keeping on. <laughs> you know, there were times on this trip, It's. I, as I'm conscious that I sounded really negative as I go, I had a really good time, by the way, just to let you know. But when we were there, um, one of the days we went out to build tents in the tent city, they call it the tent city, um, and we put up new tarps on some, but some of them were so, like, uh, just awful state, we had to put up, we put up new tents. So one of the days we went out and we put up a new tent, and, oh gosh, that was just like... You know, I've never even put up a bookshelf, let alone put up a a, a construction of a tent, okay? So, you know, I'm not best qualified for that. So that's the first thing. That was a bit of a, you know, a challenge to to tent. I basically just held the hammer with some nails. And did that. Um, but that was a challenge. But to do that when it's 37 degrees, getting higher into the 40s, is just draining. It's really draining. Um, and that was a difficult thing. And you know what? It's times like that when my energy was really low. Uh, I just thought, you've just got to keep going. You've just got to keep going. You can't quit. You can't walk away from this. You can't just sit on the sidelines and watch. You've got to do something. You've just got to keep going. And this photo here, um, as Debbie said, it was when we went to the mountains. It was such a lovely. Um, It was such a lovely day because we'd been in Port-au-Prince. It's really dusty in Port-au-Prince. It's really dry. It's really busy. The roads are a nightmare. You think that... I think my driving's a bit dodgy, but honestly, the driving over there, I think Debbie had her eyes shut the whole time. It was just (laughs) nightmarish. But to come out of that into the mountains was just such a lovely break. Um, And Haiti, actually, in the mountains, in the green, is lush. It's gorgeous. Um, So we had a break, and we went up to the mountains... And on this day, um, we'd gone to this community and we had to walk up the mountain to get to the top of it. And it was just so tiring. I mean, I I know it was really hot and I'm sure my fitness regime's been lagging lately, so I'm conscious of that. But um, we got to the top, didn't we, Deb? Uh, I just thought I was going to pass out. I really did. It was just so... I was so, so tired. So, so tired. Um, But we were faced and bombarded with just loads and loads of kids all wanting to play footy, all wanting to run around, just doing mad things. And I thought to myself, I really just need to sit down. And then I thought, you know what? you just got to keep going. You've just got to keep going. God, help me. I've got to keep going. And this photo here is me running around playing TIG with these kids. But I felt shattered doing that. But you know what? Seeing the smiles on their faces, seeing them laugh, spending a bit of time with them was such an enjoyable experience. It was so, so good. And, um, I remember getting to the top of the mountain and just praying and saying, God, would you just give me strength? Um, you know, Vaughan was saying today in, in, in the room earlier about, you know, just waiting on God for God's strength. And sometimes that's to get through circumstances, but sometimes it's just physical. And I really felt it then. I really just needed God's strength. You know, in our lives, we can face stuff, can't we? We can go through things where we feel like we just want to quit, where we feel like we just want to give up. But it's at those times where we just can rely on God so much for his strength to say, now come on, keep on going. If I hadn't have done, I would have missed out on the opportunity. If I'd just sat down and done nothing, I'd have missed out on the opportunity of touching lives, of changing those kids' lives just for a moment, just spending time with them, seeing them so happy that we'd got there, we'd brought a football, just the smallest of things. Um, so that was just an experience for me, just to say, you know, keep on keeping on. Press through, don't give up, don't quit, because... Whenever you keep going, there's an opportunity, opportunity to be had in that, yeah? Okay, good. My next little uh, lesson learned was this. Appreciate the small things in life okay this picture up there that you can see of the beds was the girls orphanage that debbie was talking about before where these 12 girls are they are a direct result of the earthquake that's happened they don't have their parents anymore they lost them in the earthquake and a pastor and his wife have basically just taken these 12 children into their home and set up this little orphanage um that touched my heart so much i mean like just to say right okay god okay i'm going to adopt these 12 children ah it's I mean it's amazing like I find looking after my nieces for two hours is enough. So I mean, you know, it's just like incredible, the the hospitality and just the love that they have. But appreciate small things in life. Um, Okay, so we don't have everything we want in life, Um, but we do have some things. You know, uh, we have water, we have beds, we have places to call home, we have people who love us, we have luxuries that few in this world will ever experience. And no, we may not be completely satisfied with our lot. I'm not always satisfied with my lot. There's things in life we wish for. There's things in life we wish we had more of. Um, But I think I was taught to look at the things that I do have and appreciate them. Um, I know we can take for granted things. Things that seem so small, so insignificant in our day-to-day lives. But if they're taken away, we'd soon notice that they weren't there. You know, the fact I can walk out my door walk down to the shop, go where I want to go. Um, the fact that we don't have to lock our cars in, in town. Well, over here we don't. Um, we can go to the fridge, we can get drinks, we can, we can go to school and we can go to work. All these different things, um, and just take for granted. And I know sometimes missionaries come up and uh, or you can think, you know, make us feel guilty because we've got so much. I didn't feel that, I didn't feel guilty because of what, all, all I had which is so much more than the Haitian people. I didn't feel guilty that, you know, I, I live where I live and, and, and we live in an affluent society, because that's not helpful. We live where we live. We've been born here. This is our culture. This is, this is us. But what I did learn was just appreciate it, Nicole. Just stand back and appreciate it. You don't have to feel guilty for it, but learn to just, you know, all the little things. Um, they had this phrase in, in the charity compound, which said, choose what you lose. Basically, we were warned, if we left anything out... In an open space, like in the dining room or something, the Haitian people that worked there that they employed to give them sort of employment, they would think it was free for them to take. Okay, So if you left anything out, you could well lose it. They said it wouldn't matter so much in our rooms where we were sleeping because that's like our space, so just keep it like tight. In your bed. Well, I soon found out that that was not the case, okay? And actually, it didn't matter where you left stuff, it could walk at any moment. And um, I said to Debbie two days before we left, I said, Where's my torch? I haven't got my torch. Where's my torch? I was like, Oh, I'm sure it was tucked away. I think it's been taken. And if you'd see me at night, you'd know I needed a torch because every five minutes I was flicking my torch on, saying, is that a cockroach? Is that a mouse? Is that a rat? What is it? Um, so to not have my torch, it was like my security blanket ripped from me. So that was a bit unnerving. And then a few hours later, I was like, where's my sandals? I need my sandals. I don't know where my sandals are. And sure enough, I couldn't find my sandals. So we we're like, OK, well, they've been taken. The Haitian people have taken them. Fair enough. Next day, me and Debbie are preparing some plants. It's called moringa plants. And it's really good nutrition for the people in the tent city. So we're grinding it all up to take out there. And the cook walks past in my sandals. I thought, that's just blatant in my face. Like, look, I've got your sandals on. Um, And and I nudged Debbie. And I said, look, she's got my sandals. And we were just falling about laughing. I I didn't mind, you know. I, I had loads of sandals i've got loads of sandals here i didn't need that pair of sandals but um what kind of just spoke to me was the fact that you know why on earth would someone want to take my dirty smelly pretty much broken run down sandals that i was going to chuck away anyway at the end of the trip but you know when you've got nothing dirty smelly pair of sandals is better than no sandals at all Um, and you know i just kind of looked at it and thought there they are They've got nothing, okay, they've taken my sandals, it's not the best thing that they could do, but that's what they've done. Um, and it just made me feel like, yeah, just appreciate the small things in it, in your life, um, even if it is sandals, even whatever it is, um, because some people don't have that. And uh, that spoke to my, my life. And I, I read something the other day, actually, that said, appreciate the small things, because sometimes when you look back on life, you'll realise, in fact, that they were the big things of life. And sometimes we can miss the opportunity of appreciating things, but people as well, in our lives, that have touched our lives. And perhaps we need to just think about times, you know, think, yeah, okay, it's small, it seems insignificant, but let's appreciate it. Okay, uh, next little lesson, I hope I'm not, I'll try and go quite quick. Uh, nothing ventured, nothing gained was a little lesson I learned. So many new experiences in Haiti to... Um, to be a part of and this little picture here is of a food that we tried, you know whenever you go to um, different countries you're always a bit oh well, I'm always a bit worried about the food that will be there but actually the food was great wasn't it um, it was basically chicken, rice and beans every day but that was fine, that was good um, but this was something a little bit different now I don't know what it was called, what was it called? Pa- pate, something like that I don't even know what was in it alright, it, it had a bit of chicken some vegetables, this red sauce um, batter, and I was quite worried because the day before I had taken photos of the chickens outside the kitchen in the pen, um, all these lovely little fluffy chickens running around, and as I, you know, as I was eating this, I was thinking, oh, maybe maybe those chickens are in here somewhere, but anyway. Um, It was very tasty, it was tasty indeed, although all the time, every time I think about it now, I get a bit of a funny stomach, so I'm not sure, but um, you know, nothing venture, nothing gain. When you go to these places, you just have to throw yourself into the experiences, try everything, you know, whatever, because you're only there once, you only live once, But. You know, sometimes we can be fearful of things. We can be fearful of trying new things. But actually, when we do it, we gain so much, don't we, when we try something new. Um, I don't think we'll ever look back on life and and regret um, having tried new stuff and done new things and taken risks. But we might regret not doing so. So that little lesson for me was just come back. Yeah, you know... Don't put things off. Don't think I can't do that um, or I won't do that. Just try it. Give it a go. What's, you know, what's the worst that can happen? Well, I suppose I could have got food poisoning. And, but anyway, I was all right, so just about. Okay, uh, a couple more lessons. Real freedom has to be found within. One of the things that struck me, like I was saying, um, I was emotional. I did get upset by the poverty um, But it wasn't as much as I thought I would. I I had this sense of frustration, this sense of anger about the injustice of our world. But one of the things that really struck me was the sense of freedom that we've got um, and that I take for granted so much. There's such a lack of freedom in Haiti. In the compound we stayed in, it was high walls all around. And this was a picture. I think, Deb, did you take that little picture? Oh right. Okay, I thought it was very funky. Of the barbed wire. Barbed wire all around our compound. And this guy here um, was our security guard who stayed twenty four seven with a uh, with a shotgun at at the entrance. And nowhere was safe. You couldn't go anywhere on your own. Um, Especially us being white women. We just couldn't. It was just a no go area. couldn't go out. And um, and that that was the sense of feeling that you had. Everywhere you went was this sense of I don't feel safe. Um, I, you know, lock all your doors when you're travelling. You, you just, you know, when we walked down a tourist street, there was one tourist street of like wooden um, statues and things like that. And we walked down that, and we had to have men in front of us, men behind us, almost like bodyguards. This whole sense, all the time, of being trapped and confined. I found it quite hard to bear at times. But um, there was this freedom, and they, you know, stealing from each other and coming in. The compound had been broken into before, and laptops had been stolen and things like that. And I thought to myself, okay, so if I'm living in this, in this environment, if this was what I was living in all the time, I'd have to recognise freedom in a different way. We, we've got physical freedom here, which is, is amazing. I thank God that we do. But I guess, for me, I thought real freedom has to be found within. You know, the Bible tells us about that, you know, we, are, we have freedom in Christ. That is our true freedom. That's where our freedom lies. That Jesus Christ came to free us from death, free us from sin, and he does so. So that even when we're in this environment, when we're confined, you know, much like the pastor Yusef in prison, you know, when we, our freedom's taken away from us we still know that we are free, free indeed because of what Jesus has done in our lives. And that's an amazing thing, just to wake up and recognise, um, again, afresh, I think, for me, just to stand back and go, you know, I'm free, people can take my physical freedom away, but I'm free in Christ because he's made me free. And, and that was just, that was an amazing experience again. And finally, I think most profoundly probably was this one. Uh, you can't change the whole world. But you can change the world for one person, even if it's just for one moment. Um, when you go to a place like Haiti, and many of you have been to similar things like this, um, you see so much need. And it's hard, really, not to get overwhelmed. It's hard not to feel helpless in those situations. And in the grand scheme of things, our being there was not really going to change much in Haiti. Um, and I realised this, I recognised that, you know, we weren't going to change Haiti overnight. But is it? Does it mean it's not worth doing anything? Well, you know, I think not. I think no. Um, Because although we couldn't change everything, we couldn't change the whole of Haiti, for the families that we did help, for the tents that we put up for people, for the tarps that we, you know, um, put back onto tents, it changed their world. It changed their situation, even just for a moment. And I think with that in my mind, I thought, yeah, we can make a difference because we can do small things for people. And uh, when I went to the different orphanages, um, which we went to a few, I decided just to make it my aim to choose one child uh, in particular that I could just spend time with a lot more than others. And I could get to know their name and I could pray for them and I could just minister to one. I mean, there's loads there. The kids just swarm around you, they hang off you, they're looking for love. But every orphanage I went to, um, I sort of picked out a child and You know, for one child I could give gifts to. For one child I could show love to. For one child I prayed over while I spent time with them. And uh, for that one child, they felt love that day from a stranger. Um, They had a hug. They felt valued. And what an amazing privilege it was for me and Debbie to go into that environment and to be those people for those children at such a time as that. And no, we can't change the world. Each one of us, we can't change the whole world We can't change the whole of Guernsey, perhaps. But wherever you are and wherever I am, we can change the world for a person. We can change the day for a person. One line of encouragement, one gift, one positive thing into their life. Just responding to them, caring for them, praying for them, looking out for people's needs. We can reach out and we can show love. And I think that hit me the most because I thought... You know, I do get a bit overwhelmed when I look at the world. I do get a bit overwhelmed at injustice and poverty and inequality. And um, I think, well, what can I do, God? What can I do? And I guess you might feel like that too sometimes. And God just said to me, you know what, it's one day, it's one moment, it's one chance, it's one child, make a difference Nicole today in that child's life, show them love, show them something that they don't experience every day and I think that's so important for us to remember uh, in our day to day lives wherever we are, whether we're in Haiti, whether we're in Guernsey, whether we're in the UK, wherever. And so as a summary, these are my lessons learned from Haiti, actually there's a lot more but you know I can't say everything. Pride comes before for you know what, don't always do it alone. We need to rely on God. We need to acknowledge God and we need to say, God, you know, I, I need you in this. Uh, and not to be afraid, you know, God says, be bold, be strong, be courageous. I am with you, I'll never leave you, I'll never forsake you. Whatever we're facing, God's there for us. Get over yourself, I need you to get perspective on my life. Sometimes I'm so inward looking, but aren't we all at times? Our little moans, our little gripes, our situations consume us. Get a bigger picture sometimes. See perspective on it. Keep on keeping on. Yeah, you know, perseverance. When I am weak, he is strong. I never, um, one of my favorite verses is Psalm 121. Uh, You know, I look to the hills. Where does my help come from? My help comes from you, God. And that Psalm, uh, I was just reminded of when I went to the mountains, wherever I was in Haiti. Where does my help come from? My help comes from God. He is my strength. Um, he will not let harm come to me Uh, he will you know provide refuge for me that was so evident you know whatever we face whatever we're going through whether we feel like quitting and giving up God says you know what I am your help I am your strength I'm everything you need keep on keeping on appreciate the small things in life one day we might look back and just realize they were the big things Nothing ventured, nothing gained. Let's try for new things. Let's go again for new things, new ventures, new excitement. Real freedom has to come from within. Uh, You know what? I spoke about that. But fortunately, we have freedom here. But we know the freedom in Christ that we have. And um, you might not be able to change the world. But you can change the world for people that you know and that you love and that you care for every day for just one moment. And we can do that. We have the privilege to be able to do that. I just want to say a massive thank you to everybody here who has prayed for us, who has encouraged us, supported, given financially, um, because you know that made a difference to um haiti and we were out there we were doing lots of different projects lots of different things giving out toys putting up tents and the money that we've raised from here through christmas fairs through offerings whatever it is through your giving has enabled those things to take place and that's amazing to think that we were out there but we represented you guys and all that you had done to make that happen so we really just thank you for that as well And, and thank you for your support and um for just encouraging us as well. Thank you. And... um just as they're getting themselves ready. I think it would be appropriate if we just uh, pray now for this country and pray for Becky, who's out there as well. Um, And uh, we just hope that over the next year or so, we can continue just to give into the project there and all that's taking place. Let's just pray uh, together. Father God, I I thank you that me and Debbie had the opportunity to go out to Haiti and just to experience that different culture and uh, to connect with the Haitian people and just to really show your love and show who you are to those people, and, and it was such a great time. And we thank you for that opportunity. Thank you for looking after us out there and bringing us back safely, um, and for your protection over our lives. But God, we just want to pray for Haiti today as a nation. Uh, Lord, we we thank you for the Haitian people, and we when we were over there, Lord God, we see the devastation and we and we see the the crisis, and uh, that country needs you, and and the people need you, and um, Lord. Like I said, you know, we can't change Haiti, but what we can do is do a few small things to make a few small differences. And uh, so I just pray, God, that you'd help us to continue to give and just show us how to help the Haitian people. And, uh, Lord, we pray for them and pray protection over their lives and just pray for the government and the authority that are ruling Haiti, Lord, because so much wisdom is needed in that um, to really get the need, uh, to get the aid to the people. Of Haiti, so God, we just pray for that situation, those people leading the country. Lord, we pray for them today, and Lord, I pray particularly for Becky and and the Foursquare charity. Lord, I thank you that they've given up their time, um, and they've committed and devoted their lives to spending years out there to minister for you. And so we pray for them, and uh, lift them up to you, and and just keep strengthening them and watching over them. And may the the their efforts and their labor just bring great reward and great fruit that they will see in that place they want to see people's lives changed for you and they want to see people brought out of poverty and they want to see people know you and love you and i pray that that desire might be seen as they work with the haitian people so we just commit that work to you lord in your mighty name amen
0: thank you for listening to this podcast from Delancey indian church for more podcasts, information or to contact us, please visit our website at delancyelin.co.uk